0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com.
1: Al Petrelli joins us from Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Uh, They're headed to Wichita in December for their holiday show. Uh, Hello, Al.
2: How you doing, my friend? How you been?
1: Oh, we're good. That we're, we're always happy to have you with us. It's amazing what you guys continue to do year after year. Uh, so just tell us about uh, that aspect of this, uh, the longevity of, of Trans-Siberian Orchestra and the uh, overwhelming success this band has had for, for many years.
2: Oh, God. Well, it's approaching three decades now. It's uh, 28 years since this thing first opened its eyes. Uh, I think that um, part of the reason for the longevity is the stories that Paul O'Neill had written. I think that the uh, the folks in your community and so many other communities really relate to the stories. You know, I read an interesting quote the other day by Leonard Bernstein, and he said that, you know, a true artist, a great artist, a great composer... Uh, His work becomes very, very accessible, but it's never ordinary. And I found that to be really, really important. And I read it a couple times, and I think that sums up Paul O'Neill's work in in one phrase. You know, everybody understands the story. It's very accessible to people from, you know, young ages right through older folks, you know. But there's nothing ordinary about that. There's nothing ordinary about his work, his music, his story, and the show. And I think that every year, you know, we, we try to do better than the previous year. And the folks that come back every year to see us year after year, I consider them our repeat offenders. You know, they see you getting better. They see you growing up like one of their children. And I think they have a vested interest in it and they feel like it's part of them. It's certainly part of their holiday tradition.
0: You know, you're obviously a very talented guitar guitarist. Uh, you know, you could probably be involved in any project you wanted to be involved in. What do you get uh, creatively, uh, personally, professionally, artistically uh, from and through Trans Siberian Orchestra that you that you don't get anywhere else?
2: I think it's all encompassing musically, you know, and that's the best part of it. I never get bored. Um, one minute I'm playing a Mozart symphony on the guitar. Next minute, you know, I'm playing some ragtime, uh, Leon Russell-style boogie piano thing on piano. I, I get to, you know, be a guitar player and shred on occasion. But I think more importantly, you know, one of the things that um, that Paul would constantly tell me is that. At the end of the lyric, my responsibility is to carry on the statement and the story that Paul was telling. And to do that instrumentally is a little bit more difficult. And that really allowed me to dig deeper into my entire musical education and just find ways of being expressive in context of Paul's work, almost like how you would uh, film um, score a film. Excuse me. And so I really, you know, I don't get too jammed up in any one particular style. If I'm not playing electric guitar, I'm playing acoustic, I'm playing classical guitar. I get to do it all under the heading of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which is really a lot of fun for me.
1: Al Petrale, our guest, Trans-Siberian Orchestra here in Wichita in Trust Bank Arena coming up on December the 6th. Uh, You've been doing this a long time. You played in Alice Cooper's band. You were a member of Megadeth. My goodness, did you ever envision a time in those early years that you'd be doing uh, a, with a band that was so synonymous, even though it's a rock and roll group, so mm-hmm. synonymous with Christmas, Al?
2: Never in a million years, my friend. You know, I, <laughs> I couldn't have scripted this if you would have told me this story 30 years ago. I would have been like, <laughs> uh uh-uh, uh You know, um, I knew that my my. Uh, Always pursuit of of learning more, always wanting to grow as an artist, always, you know, there's so much more work I have to do as a musician, I, I constantly want to get better. You know, and in retrospect, I looked at my tenure with Alice Cooper as like part of my education that was getting me ready for Paul O'Neill. Uh, the time I spent with Dave Mustaine and Megadeth was getting me ready for my time spent with uh, with Paul O'Neill. You know, everything I've really ever done, even like playing the trumpet in the third grade band in the elementary school, you know, somehow was getting me ready for this this situation that presented itself in 1995. Is it is it the
0: logistic part of the tour or the creative part of the tour that comes first when planning? Do you do you book arenas and and uh, get every musician you know on board and everything like that, or is it planning the show itself and knowing exactly how it's going to look and feel?
2: I think a little bit of both. I mean, right now the O'Neill family and our management team is already booking and you know, uh, they're putting holds on buildings for the 2024 tour you know so this thing it takes a long time to get it up and running and then you know my the task at hand for me is to make sure that this tour is is musically as perfect as it can be and better than last year and then you know the first two weeks of january you know everybody will kind of exhale a little bit take a break and then immediately jump back into meetings and conferences now what do we do you know, so I, the band has been intact. I'd say like 95% of the folks in the band have been with me for, you know, 20 something years now. You know, so I don't like messing up a good chemistry. It's like having, you know, a dynasty football team. Don't break it, <laughs> you know, don't mess with it. This works, and it works really, really well. And they're constantly, you know, growing and getting better as players, not only individually, but collectively as an ensemble. And, and that's priceless.
1: Yeah, if you go see Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you're seeing a style of music that uh, you don't see that often. It's a, it's a potpourri. I want to ask you kind of a, a theoretical, a philosoph- philosophical question. My son and I are both fans of the Eagles, okay? they uh, They're on their final goodbye tour or whatever they're calling it. Long goodbye. Long goodbye. They're mm-hmm. playing the hits, but they're not stepping outside of their comfort zone at all. That's something you do all the time. They're just playing the hits. They're doing what the fans want, but uh, there's some pushback in the in their fan base about this is the last time we might see you. Why don't you do something a little bit off the beaten path? You see what we're saying, and and do you yeah. kind of see their side of it too?
2: Well, I, I can't comment on the Eagles because I haven't you know seen any of the shows on this tour. Uh, I've been a, a huge fan of all of the, 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 their entire catalog since I was a kid. Um, for me personally, I have I would rather stay in a perpetual state of discomfort at all times because that means I'm growing or I'm learning or I'm doing something that I'm not really comfortable with, you know? And I've always felt that if you're uncomfortable, you're growing. If For me, if I'm comfortable, I'm not really doing anything that's breaking any new ground. And I still have a long journey ahead of me as an artist and as a musician. And, you know, as a man, as a father in every way.
1: But you wouldn't, Al, I, think, I don't know you, obviously, but... I know enough about you and, and Trans-Siberian Orchestra. You guys change it up as much as any, any mm-hmm. band out there, and that's, that's part of your living, breathing, right? I mean, that's, Yeah, every that's year has got to be different.
2: Do that. Yeah, we have to. Again, staying uncomfortable. If we did the same exact thing every year without changing it, uh, I, regardless of if I could pull it off and not have wanted to do that, the audience would know it. They may not. It may not be tangible. They may not put their finger on and say, "Oh well, this is exactly the same thing from last year, whatever." They'll just notice it's not that excitement, that immediacy of like this is a live arena rock and roll band, <laughs> you know. And there's a certain energy that exists in that portion of the universe that just makes it special and different and uncomfortable every time. And uh, uncomfortable he- in the in, in a positive definition of it, not you know, not the wrong sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Use that word I was going to use also is, is tangible. Do you measure improvement in, in tangible ways? Are there are there benchmarks or you, do you just know after uh, three, 30 years of, of doing this when it feels how it needs to feel?
2: Uh, mathematically and, and theoretically, you know, being a student of music, yeah, you know, there, there are those things that you know are kind of put into play. But at the end of the day, it's just, does this feel extraordinary? Does it feel like it's the first time, you know? And that's what I want, you know? Sometimes I'll get into a conversation with the band when we're doing production rehearsals, and I'll tell them, the loudest thing that the audience is going to hear tonight is the silence between those two notes you just played. You know, and they look at me like like cockeyed sometimes, like, what do you mean? And I'm like, think about it for a minute, you know? Dynamically, we have to explore dynamics. that they're not, The audience isn't, they shouldn't know that. They're, maybe a lot of them aren't musicians, you know, but it's it's our job to take a look at all the details that are kind of like you know hidden from them because all I want that audience to do is go, oh, my God, this is breathtaking.
1: Good stuff. Al Petrelli from Trans-Siberian Orchestra in uh, Wichita, December 6th. So what's happening with the band now? When do you uh, start to really gear up? Well, I, I'm just curious because with a production like this, It doesn't happen if you get together, you know, the day before, probably.
2: Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. No, sir. (laughs) Now, we've all been uh, doing, like, you know, sectional meetings and groups. You know, the guitar players have been, you know, on Zoom, you know, going over ideas. I'm explaining what parts and songs we're doing. Same with the keyboard players and singers. Everybody's doing their homework. Because when we get to Omaha, Nebraska, and that's where we rehearse for about three and a half weeks, uh, that's not where you learn the song. That's where you learn to articulate the song properly with the production. And we will run that show twice a day every day for, you know, a, a good, well, like I said, a little over three weeks. So that when I hit the deck in Council Bluffs opening night, it's a perfect first show. All right? But when I come to see you guys, which is, I don't know, about three weeks later, it might be my 25th show, but it's your first show. And I want it to be a perfect first show for you as well. So we will run it and run it and run it. And like they, you know, there's an old saying, you know, uh, amateurs practice till they get it perfect, and professionals practice till they never get it wrong.
1: Hey, you made me curious. Why? Why do you? Why would you pick Omaha to be the rehearsal city?
2: Um, a couple of reasons. One, if it's smack dab right in the middle of the country. Uh, for. Uh, Prior to Omaha, we were rehearsing down in Lakeland, Florida, and it kind of painted the bands into a corner of like, you know, you can't really drive that far to get to the first show or the second show, you know. Uh, Omaha, we can go in any direction we want. You know, we were within three or 400 miles of, you know, another um, community that's invited us back. And the other reason is it's one of the very few buildings in, uh, in the Bin America Center that can accommodate both bands, both sets of production being hung from the ceiling. You know. I mean I don't know how many hundreds of tons of stuff we got, but very few buildings can support all that weight simultaneously. So it gives us an opportunity to set both bands up, a mirror image of each other, and you know, no constructional fears whatsoever.
1: Nothing like a Trans Siberian Orchestra show. Al Petrelli, their lead guitar player, has been our guest. Al, we really really appreciate your time.
2: Always, my brother, and I appreciate yours. All my best to your family. Have a wonderful holiday. And uh, we'll compare notes in a couple months and see where we are. You bet.
1: Thanks. Uh, All right, Al Petrelli, they'll be at the uh, Intrust Bank Arena on December 6th.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.